Nothing but Aussie music and the biggest names in the biz. The Scene on Mix 94.5. G'day, this is Blake Williams. Welcome to it. Every Thursday, it's all about great Australian and West Australian music at Mix 94.5. Today in the studio, one of WA Music's leading ladies. More awards you can hold on a mantelpiece. Her sixth studio album in the works at the moment. She's travelled the world. She's done it fiercely independently. It's Abby May on The Scene. Hello, Abby. Hello. Thank you for, for popping in tonight. My absolute pleasure. Now, tomorrow night, in fact, this weekend, Anna Clancy's in Frio. Looking forward to this. This is a bit of a fundraiser to help uh, get the new album going, really, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. I, <clears throat> I had thought, uh, uh, you know, we need to fund this record. It's, it's uh, you know, that can cost between fifty and $100,000 to make. It's a lot of cash. It's a lot of <laughs> cash. And, you know, I mean, I'm not um, a particularly well-known artist. I'm certainly not a particularly um, commercial artist. There's far too many swear words in my songs, you know. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, I do rely on, um, you know, the kindness of mm. audiences, um, to actually pay for, um, tickets to shows and buy records and, you know, t-shirts and things. Yeah. Um, and I have an aversion to, um, you know, doing like just a crowdfund online just because I, I one, I would find it really stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't also, you know, I, I, I'm paranoid that I'll be really annoying. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. just please give me some money. <laughs> That's right. So I, I kind of figured I'd approach funding this record, um, by doing, uh, a, you know, a couple of really special shows, uh, over the year and, um, some interesting kind of, um, merchandising, um, ideas mm. just for fans to get something from me instead of me just asking for money from them. It's a cool way that you're going to do. We'll talk about this shows over the weekend, just a moment, go back a little bit. Um, you've worked in music for, for most of your life. I have, yes. Um, can you remember the very first gig you were paid for? Um, yeah. Good memory, bad memory? I can. Look, um, I, the first gig that I got paid properly for was, um, uh, you know, because prior to that, I'd had a couple of shows um, around town where, you know, um, you might get sort of $50 or $100 yeah. here or there. But then, um, uh, Deborah Conway um, heard a, a record that I had made, uh, the first one I'd made, which was basically recorded with a bottle of gin and one microphone. That <laughs> yeah, right. was a weird sort of country record. And I was like 23, 24. Um, and things were just starting for me, but it was very local. And then Deborah Conway, um, who's, you know, an epic yeah. icon yeah. Um, for me and for many other people, um, just asked me to come on a tour, which she, um, put together called broad and it's, it's had several incarnations over the years. And, uh, I was part of an ensemble of, of female singers, um, and musicians. And, um, I got paid really well for that. You know, at the time it was, mm-hmm. um, nearly $10,000, that wow. kind of thing. And wow. it just, what it did was it, um, funded my next record wow. basically, along with some assistance from, you know, the department of culture. Like yep. that's the thing the whole like career has been like this selection of patchwork of income. Yeah. But that was the first time I had actually gone, oh, you can actually, um, get some lucky breaks and, um, you know, as long as you manage the money well, mm. uh, so that when you sort of, it comes in, you're okay when it doesn't yep. roll after that. And know? I guess this is the thing, uh, the fact that you've been independent the, the, this whole time as well. Um, you know, it's a, di- it's a tough road. It's a difficult road. The music industry is, is wonderful Pretty and fickle. it's <laughs> and very fickle at the exact same time. It can be a tough road on the independent route. 
Yeah. Look, I mean, I liken it to being in a narcissistically abusive relationship. You <laughs> in get, the music I, industry. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the idealized, uh, destabilize, devalue and discard cycle. It's it's happened mm. to me about 50 times in 15 really? years. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're hot, then you're not. Yep. And, and you really have to get to a point where you actually just love music. You love the catharsis and the connection with an audience mm. and um, do it purely for that. Because if you do it for anything else, you're going to get chewed up and spat mm. out. Like I, I've seen it happen to... The, some of the most successful artists I've ever seen. It's very taxing on you. That's why they say you have to have like a thick skin and all that mm. kind of stuff. But I mean, my skin could not get any thicker and <laughs> sure. I still get affected by, yeah, right. you know, it's a cycle that's pretty, pretty disturbing. Absolutely. What do you feel when you kind of see these kids go on these kind of reality TV shows and you know that in six months time they are going, they're going to be. I feel bad for them. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, some of them are incredible singers and I've seen it work for like Guy Sebastian is obviously like an incredible handful. artist, yeah. you know, um, and, um, I, I feel bad for them. I feel mm. like, um, it's, it, it would be so traumatic to sign a contract. Like the contracts that they signed are just obscene. Oh, like the one that Guy had, I'm pretty sure was a million dollar deficit well, contract. Yeah. You've got to pay back a million bucks before <laughs> you make any money. Like, and you know, you can see how you'd have to be so exceptionally talented and, and lucky and hardworking. Mm. Um, you'd have to have that trifecta. And, and fortunately for him, he does. I, like I'm a big fan of him. His talent is amazing. Yeah. Um, but you can see for every one of him, there's, you know, thousands who are just chewed yeah. up. And, Do you think people have an unrealistic expectation of, of the industry? I think that, uh, you know, uh, even some of the more ethical contracts that I've um, negotiated are really difficult right. to understand. And so when you're dealing with these kind of multinational corporations, uh, you're, you know, you're really up against it. Mm. Um, so I, I think there is that level of naivety that gets played upon uh, or preyed upon. Mm. Um, I, like I said, I feel really bad for them. I think it's, you know, when you're like 16, 17 and you think you're going to be, you know, this superstar. Um, mm. Because I think when you're young, that does sort of have, especially in, I, I like to think of it as the, you know, the post Big Brother era, um, you know, when everything was like you could be famous quite quickly. I think everybody sort of got a bit tainted by that and, mm. and, and were chasing it instead of chasing um the development of their work. Exactly. Know? It's fame for fame's sake in yeah, a way. Yeah. And like, you know, fame actually, especially at, at those sort of like high levels, it actually just sounds really horrible. It does. Like, very, very <laughs> isolating. Yeah. Really yeah. not that, not that not great at all. At not all. pleasant free at all. Free stuff is nice though. I hear you get a lot of free stuff. <laughs> well, that, they, that no one says no to, uh, to, to a, two dinners on a night time no, or a no. free, a free drink here and there. Um, the, I guess talking about that audience connection that you were mentioning before is, is what I love about what you're doing this weekend. So this weekend, Friday night and Saturday night at Clancy's in Fremantle, mm -hmm. Friday night, you're doing a bit of a solo show yes. and and then really opening it up to questions. Um, and I like what's written on the website as well. There's no question you're not willing to answer, answer no. as long as you're brave enough to ask it. Like I don't, I, I, uh, I, I said that because I want people to know that if there is something you want to ask me about, I can't be offended. I'm not, um, I, I'm accountable for things I've done in my life. Like I haven't, uh, you know, I'm a flawed, deeply flawed human being. Um, I do come from a place of empathy though. I do know that. So I... Um, am able to um, own up to things that I've done, and I'm more than happy to discuss it. Like mm. I, I haven't got anything particularly scary in my sure. in my closet, but um, you know there are things that I have done and been that I can 
uh, analyse with an audience and um, hopefully find like a greater meaning and purpose mm. to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the reasons why we flip, um, not flip up. I'm trying not to swear. When, you know, when we, when we trip up, I guess is, you know. And, and we all got the meaning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, <laughs> um, I think this would be pretty fascinating though for up and coming songwriters to, to listen to your music and then to go and, you know, chat to you tomorrow night and sort of see the pathway uh, that w- went from something that happened in your life to the to song that song. resulted. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why I'm saying like there's, you know, I'm not, I've never hidden anything because everything I've done in my life or experience has actually basically come out in song. Um, I am of the school um, of thought that an artist should be honest because I, I think that the role uh, an artist plays in the community is is through catharsis and connection with an audience. We try to, I, I think with art, we try to find meaning for life, like mm-hmm. for what, what we're here for. It's a philosophy, like um, a sort of an existential kind of pondering even. And even just a comforting um, through connection, like maybe I write about an experience and someone's going through the same thing and then they can sort of feel less alone. I think it is about connectivity, catharsis, community. Yeah. And so for me, the only way that that works is through honesty. Um, so I think having that Q&A, if there are artists um, in the room who, who are interested in kind of... Um, uh, you know, taking something from my own processes, mm. um, it would be simply that being open and honest and just discussing and in a non-judgmental way as mm. well, you know, I think, um, almost everything can be forgiven if there's a level of accountability. And, you know, I mean, I was raised Catholic and, um, I sort of, uh, I'm, I'm not Catholic, um, but I definitely, uh, have kept on uh, a lot of the, the sort of Christian uh, mm-hmm. ideals that my parents taught me. And, and they do sort of uh, have a, a fairly heavy emphasis on forgiveness. For me, forgiveness is like that thing where you, I think you can apologize for things, but in order to atone, you kind of need to not do them again. Um, <laughs> yes. And so that's why I'm quite happy to to discuss uh, anything I've ever done in my life because um, I know that if it's really bad, I've, I've only ever really done it once, you know. <laughs> well, I tell you, this, it, this night is getting more fascinating yeah. by the minute. Uh, it ha- you want the dirt, come on Friday, you know. <laughs> That's really what we're getting at here. Uh, it is tomorrow night um, at Clancy's and on Saturday it's the whole band experience mm-hmm. as well. And this is really to um, to provide funds to record the sixth album. Yes. And we're kind of talking about fundraising earlier and, and kind of off-air. Um, you know, people are, are throwing crowdfunding things things left, right and centre, but you're doing it in a reverse way, in a sense. You're offering a gig, you know, come and see Mm. me live and that's going to fund more of these experiences, really. It just sits better with me. Um, I'd rather come out and meet people or create um, stuff that people might be interested in buying um, and experiencing um, so that I can kind of get an exchange going. I I feel a little bit um, ill-equipped to do uh, more traditional crowdfunding. I have a friend, um, who, Laura, Laura Imbruglia, who's like the best at it and um, she's incredibly talented at it actually. Mm-hmm. So I kind of watch her do it and I think, I mean, unless I can do it as good as her, which I know I can't, yeah. I'm not going to do it. You know? Fair enough. Very entertaining woman. Stick to what you know, yeah, right? I think, I yeah, think I know how to play music <laughs> and I make a mean T-shirt. So. <laughs> hey! <laughs> and you can buy all of the all of the said uh, tomorrow. Uh, Abby May on the scene tonight. Thank you so Pleasure. much. Thanks. Um, Looking forward to hearing the sixth album when it is completed. Details on abbymay.co and uh, jump on our Facebook page for Mix 94.5. All the details on there, $25 per night or two nights for 40 bucks. Abby, thanks again. Pleasure, mate. Tonight, we are going to do uh, one of your tracks. What is this song? (laughs) So um, this is a song called Finger and um, I I recorded it uh, 
while I was making my last album, Fruit. Mm. And Gio and I, the producer and co-writer, we, we sort of worked on it and we had about 15 different versions of this song. It's like really starkly different stuff. And um, it just got, we just overthought it so much that we ended up just putting it down and mm-hmm. moving on. And then about six months after I released the album, I randomly found it and I was like, we should have put that on the record. Like, oh, I think no. it's a great song. Yeah, so, sure. Um, but, you know, then we just put it out anyway. Yeah. It's like, yep. you know, just get it out there. So this is Finger, which is a song that, you know, I think we probably should have put on the record. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Been missing off fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abby May, on the scene tonight. Thanks again, Abby. Thanks, mate.